Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like that, Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at BrianFisher971. Uh, with me today, as always, is the other host here on Locked On Red Wings, at, uh, <laughs> Scotty Bentley. At Scotty Bentley, if I don't even, I can't even get the intro right, what does that bode well for <laughs> the rest of this episode? Uh, he's also host at Locked On Tigers. And then we have a special guest with us today, and that is Will Scouch at Scouching on Twitter, also writes for McKean's Hockey. My first time talking to you, Will. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'll do what I can to salvage the episode now that we're off to a terrible start. <laughs> yep. I'll, uh, I'll do what I can. That's what I'm here for. No pressure. Do you have any uh, pancakes this yeah, time? No, pressure. no, I don't. I have just a bunch of trash on my desk and an empty <laughs> glass that used to have chocolate milk in it because that's, you know. I like that, though. It, it was three for three bucks at the store, so oh, why not? Easy yeah. cop. Yeah. Easy. 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 Um, Will is a returning, a recurring guest here on the program. It's my first time ever having him on as a guest personally, but Scotty, Will, you guys know each other. Um, we're here today to break down last week. You, uh, Sam McGilligan, another recurring guest here on the podcast and Greg Rev, Re- Revac, Revac, yep. um, Revac, yeah. Revac posted an article on McKean's hockey, which is the site you guys write for on Lucas Raymond. It was actually rookie watch number one. And the first question, just to dive right into it, I suppose is with rookie watch number one, you guys chose Lucas Raymond, and I just want to know why Lucas Raymond. And yeah, that's what what went into your decision to do your this article on him. It's pretty simple. We all just really like him. We've we've watched him for years. Like we've been keeping our eye on him, all three of us. Like I didn't before this season. I didn't really know Greg all that well. Um, I sort of introduced myself to him and saw if he wanted to be a part of this sort of little idea that we had at McKean's and Sam, I know really well, but we all kind of understand what it was that made Lucas Raymond really special when he was draft eligible. And even the year before, um, we just had all seen him over the years and we figured it was also not just because we really like him, but it's because he's also a really good example of sort of the finer points of especially NHL level hockey, like that high level hockey and the things that kind of you need to see out of guys um, in order to play and push the needle a little bit. So he's just, he was just a really good example of that. And, and so we tried to, we figured it was straightforward to see, okay, he's getting off to a pretty good start, highlight the reasons why, and, and, you know, carry forward what we've seen before he was in the NHL to say, Hey, like, here's how these things can, can all feed together and make the player better at the NHL level. Well, it was an awesome article, uh, and, and it made its waves around uh, around Red Wings Twitter very quickly. Um, they, I mean, between us and, and obviously Nolan sings your guys' praises all the time and passed it around. Everybody, I think everybody on the fan base is already extremely excited about him. And then seeing, like, outside, not just Detroit media, you know, write articles about him, like the, the excitement only gets higher and higher. Uh, I, I guess – what in there, there was a lot of things you highlighted. What in there specifically for, for his game would you say is, is um, the, the area that you are most impressed with at such a young age? Like, is, is it the scoring? Is it the way he sees the ice? What, 
are are the the things that in in his game specifically you are you are already ahead of his years or whatever yeah i mean in the sample i had there actually wasn't all that much offense that he was really driving on his own there like but you you can tell when the wheels are turning in the right direction for things like offense you know sometimes especially if you're a high skill high offense guy like it can come and go you can try to make plays and they just don't work out and you know um and and raymond isn't one of these guys who can just crash to the front of the net and just slap away at a puck and get a get a goal that way like he's more of a finesse type sort of playmaker type and you can have some of those plays and 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 they just don't go your way and you get no points but he's been doing really really well pretty much across the board like it's the thing that sticks out to me and always has about lucas raymond is just how aware he is of of the ice and where you know where he should be and and where to support the puck and how to find open space there and pre-processing almost like what he's going to do if he does get that puck back like the thing i noticed a lot was just the number of times where he'd get the puck know where it's going to go and send it like nothing super fancy you know, I think the only real weakness in his NHL game right now is just that he's not the quickest guy. He's not, the, you know, he's got skill, but, you know, you're not going to see him going end to end quarterbacking a rush as much as just settling in, reading plays super well, finding line mates and, and just pushing play in the right direction. Um, that was the biggest thing that really, really stuck up, stuck off, stuck out to me. I mean, he did carry the puck quite often and everything like he's capable of doing it when he's given some space. But I've always been really, really taken with his ability to read, read play defensively, get play turned around, and then just, you know, get something going in the opposite direction in a really reliable way. And it's, it's simple, and it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier said than done, but uh, he's a great example of it every time I've seen him over the years. And that's actually something that I really loved about this article, too, is the fact that you're, everything you're saying, you say in the article, but then you back it up with video evidence from those first mm-hmm. two games. And obviously the fact that you're the, the head of video analysis for McKean's hockey plays into that. But just what made that article so convincing and how and how elite he can be in the areas that he excels at already at the NHL level is the fact that there's video evidence from the first two games before his offense really exploded onto the scene of this already happening. Um, my question, my next question, though, regarding that is since you, you sampled those first two games, the Tampa Bay game and the game against Vancouver, which I believe was the second game of the season, if I'm recalling correctly, since then, his offense has exploded. You know, he's got uh, what is it now? Um, he's like a point per game. Yeah, now, isn't 14 he? points in 13 yeah. games, six goals, yeah. eight assists. He's been fantastic. <laughs> and you were talking about how he in the article he wasn't really taking shots of his own like that's that's changed so i want to know what your how your opinion on him has changed since writing this article where you're already raving about him well i think the thing in that article is that you know he in terms of shot differential he was getting caved in but you know like in both of those games combined the the red wings had 10 shot attempts not just shots on net like shot attempts and he took zero of them, but he set up two of them himself. So he had two shot assists on them and he, and he had three attempts to make plays in the, around the crease area. So he was clearly trying to drive offense. Like he, you know, if you're, if you're in the NHL at 17 or eight, whatever he is, 19 years old and pushing 20% of your team's offense, and they're pretty poor in that offensive area, you know, you can sort of gather that there's wheels turning in the right direction. And that was always the thing with, with Lucas Raymond. It's, you know, for me, if you want to talk about how to develop a player, the best, it's like when you find areas where it's like, they're clearly capable of something and you just need to, 
get the, if it's just a little bit more confidence, you know, if it's just a matter of keeping on trying things and, and, you know, relying on the talent, then things will come. Um, but with Lucas Raymond, I mean, he just does so many things that eventually should lead themselves to production, right? Like he, he's another thing I noted that I was going to bring up earlier was just, if you have guys draped all over you in the NHL, it can be hard to make a play, but he's a guy who seems to be uh, carry that awareness, even if he's on his way to falling towards the ice, like he knows how to shovel the puck in the right directions, how to maintain possession in a number of ways. Like when I tracked him in his draft year, he was one of the best possession players I tracked. And that was in the SHL. And a lot of that comes from just resilience you know, finding men open and, and just carrying play forward. And I felt that a lot of the issues from the games I was watching of the Red Wings weren't really anything much to do with him, but rather just, you know, the guys he was sharing the ice with and their inability to sort of find open space in the right at the right times. And, um, you know, Raymond, obviously, it would have been nice to see him shoot the puck a little bit because I've seen him shoot the puck. But he, his, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, I've seen him shoot the puck and he's really, really good at it. So I was like, all right, well, if he just does that more often, then he should be able to, to score at least a little bit more than he has been so far. Um, so I'm not really surprised that 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 offense is kind of there. I'm not sure he's a point per game player forever, um, but he's certainly on a rip, and it's a ton of fun to watch. Um, but again, like my my adoration of Lucas Raymond is largely just for his 200 foot game. Like he's a guy where you can run a line through him. You can, you know, he can run and play up the ice at you know, especially in a few years. I feel like he'll get there. Um, so it's just a lot, it was just a lot of procedural things where I sort of went, okay, like there's offense here somewhere and he's trying, but I think it, I don't know if it was just a, the team hadn't fully sort of congealed and sort of figured it out or, or what. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, it seems to have regressed in the positive direction, uh, from what I saw. The, uh, there was a, uh, kind of a heat map sort of thing going around Red Wings Twitter today where they were, <laughs> yeah. they were showing his right. Yeah. So they're, they're showing like offensive production when he's on the ice versus not on the ice. And, and this heat map is, is glowing red when, when Lucas Raymond is on the ice as, as far as just shots giving off, nonetheless shots scored um, versus when he's not on the ice. And it's a, it's a plethora of blue. So I guess I, I would say based on what you've seen, what do you think, uh, what attributes does he have that you think attribute to that? Why do you think there's such a dramatic difference between production? Ver- he's 19, and it's already and we're early in the season, but but there's already such a dramatic kind of kind of influence that he has with the Wings' offensive production already. Well, he it's again it goes back to that combination of traits that he has, right? Like I think I think that. The, 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 in case anyone's unfamiliar, I think the heat map you're talking about was from HockeyViz.com, where it's yes, his, his, yes, five on, his, Sorry, yes. his five on five offense is something like 25% above league average, and Detroit without him is something like 25% below league average or something. I, I forget. And I, I, I mean, again, my sample of Lucas Raymond in the NHL is somewhat limited, but I have seen him over the years quite a bit, and I think a major part of that is the combination of traits that he's got. If, if you've got a guy trying to close him out, he's got enough skill to find the tiniest little pockets of space and find a man and get the puck to him, or at least get the puck out of danger. And the, and, and on top of that, 
those that ability and that skill level to find those pockets of space can make a huge difference. Uh, it could mean the difference between a player chipping the puck around the boards past a defender or pulling a skill move and finding a little pocket of space on the inside of the defender towards the middle of the ice where they can make a play towards someone in a more dangerous area rather than just trying to keep the puck along the boards and avoid turning the puck over that way. So he, he just has this ability to find space and use it. And if he doesn't have the puck, he has this ability to read play and, and find lanes and get into space and be ready. And even in the offensive zone, be ready for, for creating chances if the opportunity presents itself to him. So I, again, I don't, I don't look at him and see like a Connor McDavid type player where you just give him the puck and it's automatic. Like he does whatever he wants, but he just knows how to read the game really, really well. And I think that, you know, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I should have had it pulled up, but he's been playing with like Tyler Bertuzzi most of this yep. year. So there's a bit of like that. He, that Very guy hard. can kind of make some more space for him and, and open up the ice a little bit for him. I think Dylan Larkin's been on the ice with him a little bit. Yeah, and that's there's the that main line. It's yeah, been Larkin, that, Bertuzzi, Raymond. And that's that big quarterback guy, right? Like you give him the puck and you get him up the ice. And so if you have a combination of those guys where you have a transporter, you know, a skilled finisher in Raymond, uh, or at least a skilled, smart puck possession guy and a, a more physical, rambunctious sort of chasing guys around the ice type player in Tyler Bertuzzi, you can do a lot of damage with that group of players, especially if they're as skilled and with such a, a high quality shot as a guy like Lucas Raymond has had so far. Uh, we're joined by Will Scouch, founder of Scouching and head of video analysis with McKean's Hockey. We're going to have more with him breaking down this article on Lucas Raymond, the film squad, as it is so-called, uh, when we come back after this ad break. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's a no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Larkin, Raymond, open, scores! Hat-trick. Lucas Raymond with the hat trick! Wow. Set up by Larkin and Sider! <laughs> and the Red Wings have a 6-3 lead, 7 into the third. Congratulations, Lucas Raymond. All right, Will, um, I've noticed an overarching theme in the article and in everything you've said today, and that's in Lucas Raymond's ability to see the ice. And I, I believe it, it was either you or Sam who said it in the article itself that the thing that sets him apart from players who just have all the tools is his ability to put the tools into action. Like he, his ability to read the ice, see the play before it's going to happen and make himself put himself in a position to succeed. And just wanted to talk more about that. And like with his offensive production now having finally started to show itself, is it all that you were expecting it to be? And, or is it evolving from there? Um, usually when it comes to questions regarding a player's production, I think, like my general gauge is like 20 or 25 games before I really start to dig in and, and actually 
think, oh, like maybe this player is actually all about something. I mean, I think with Lucas Raymond, my expectation, I mean, when coming into this season, I didn't particularly expect him to be a Red Wing right out of the gate. Neither did I. I, 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 felt, I felt that after seeing him in Sweden a bit last year and seeing him at the World Juniors, like the strength, his strength might be a bit of an issue and his foot speed might be a bit of an issue. And those things are the only things that I picked up on in my sample where I'm going, yeah, like that's the one thing that's kind of holding him back from like, you know, I went fourth overall and screw you kind of energy. Um, but I think that he, it, it's, it's interesting because you pick up on just how smart he is and it just goes to show how much being smart and effective and not overthinking things can be like, I think what Sam touched on there with sort of turning, you know, turning tools into action is a, is a good concept to think about where, you know, I can't tell you how many guys I've seen in all my watching hockey that show incredible talent. Like the talent level is just insane. They can skate like the wind, they can shoot, they can pass, they can do so much, but they just can't utilize teammates very effectively. If they don't have the puck, they're standing still. If they, you know, they're waiting for passes in the offensive zone. They're not really active in play. You know, they're, they're scanning the ice after they receive the puck and not before. And all these little things that can make a huge difference in the NHL as to whether or not you're going to be successful. So I'm surprised at just how much he has been putting in the net so far this year. I think I thought he was just going to be a really good analytical case study, you know, maybe a 50 point guy. If he made the NHL this year, I would and, be so happy with that still though. And I, that, me <laughs> that too. The that's case. the thing. Like I figured that it, optimistically that's what he is. And just cause I felt like there's still a little bit more work to do for him, but um, we'll see how it, how it goes. Like, I feel like in twice the amount of games he's, he's played, I feel like there's going to be a better gauge on exactly what's going on there but I don't think there's any doubt that he's a player who's earned his job on the team and certainly has outperformed what I expected. And I thought my expectations were pretty reasonable. So, and, but personally, like in my world, that's kind of what I would rather have is set my expectations for pretty much everybody as, as, as low as it can go. Right. Like without <laughs> being unreasonable, yeah. just, just say, look, my thing with Lucas Raymond this year was look, it's a, it's a throwaway season still for the Red Wings. Like they're not quite there so if he does make the Red Wings, let's just see what you can do. Don't worry about it. Just go out and play hockey. You know, play your way, do your thing. And not, you know, try not to let the hype that, you know, let's say he goes 10 games without scoring a point. There could be people screaming, like a lot of people have been screaming about Philip Zadina for years. It's like, well, don't let that get to you. And so I think for him, it, but it seems like he's just kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. And I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised. I just, it's, I wasn't expecting it, but, uh, yeah, pleasant surprise. Well, and when I was reading the article and I was reading about, you know, players who have all the tools but can't seem to implement them, the first player I thought of while reading that was Andreas Athanasiu, a guy who has all right. the talent in the world but never could really, outside of one thirty goal season playing on the wing with Dylan Larkin, could never really bring it all together. And I that it just instantly popped in my head, like that's the key difference, is that Lucas Raymond so far, and again, small sample size and only 13 games played, but he is seeing the ice and putting himself in positions to succeed. Whereas Andrea mm -hmm. Athanasiu would just wait until the puck got in his stick. And then he would try and do something. Raymond is thinking ahead to what he can do next. Yeah, for sure. And again, there's a lot of kids who do that. There's a lot of them. And I do that in men's I get well, Of course. Right. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll sign you up for my pro team tryout there next go. month. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's, it's something that also I think you can kind of get away with everywhere but the NHL. You know, I, I feel like the NHL, there's a barrier. 
where the the pace of the game and the speed and strength of the players that are in it is so high relative to the rest of the world that it's 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 it makes it so hard to say like there there are a lot of players i think that are draft eligible that you can look at and go that's a really talented player and i feel like they're going to be able to score everywhere and but then that question pops in your head of like well can they can they do that in the nhl like for me it's it's they can score and i feel like in junior they'll score a ton of points in the ahl they might score a ton of points but in the nhl things might get a little more difficult for these players. And a lot of that barrier comes down to how do you utilize your line mates? How do you find space when you don't have the puck? How do you, you know, how can you skating and shooting talent and all that stuff? That's all very important. Um, But even then, if you have all that talent, what about changing angles on goaltenders and faking out goaltenders on shots and you can be a passing threat or vice versa. There's all these little extra mental tweaks that you don't see in every young player and you hope they learn. Um, but with Lucas Raymond, I mean, those offensive tools, those those little fake outs and little skill moves to sort of keep people crossed up and questioning things. I think that's still sort of on the way from what I've seen from him. But it's good enough where he's still putting points on the board and, and the fundamental, like if he gets the puck on his stick and he shoots it, he's a shooting threat. So like there's a lot of players where there's that barrier. And I think the NHL is a pretty big barrier separate from the rest of the world. But he's one where you look at how he plays, especially when he doesn't have the puck. And that's what's always stood out to me. And I feel like when you have young players that play like that, at 17 years old against pro hockey in, in, in Sweden, you've got someone that's worth keeping your eye on, even if they don't end up being an 80 point scorer in the NHL, plenty of guys in the NHL are very, very talented players and drive great results, but they don't score a hundred points. And I, it, and that was my expectation for Raymond was like, he might not score a hundred points, but he's going to be a guy you want on your line and you want him, you want him playing minutes and he's going to be a really, really good player. Um, even if he's one that kind of flies under the radar, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always really happy to watch him. I guess is what, is what I'm revolving around. He, uh, the, I mean, he's been playing first line minutes, which is like, he's been on our first line, which is wild that he was, coming into the season he was already uh like oh is he gonna make it is he not and and now he's been our 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 first line uh winger um i i you talked about his how impressed you were with his ability off the puck versus uh and on the puck but but specifically off the puck when it comes to scoring goals specifically he's had uh a a lot of he's been scoring in so many different ways already. He's had the one timer from the creases, you know, like the OV shots. And and he's had like creating his own kind of space and, and, and diving toward the net kind of, kind of moves too. So I guess in, in what you've seen so far, where do you think he's going to get a majority of his production goal scoring wise? Like how, I guess I should say, how, how do you think he's going to score most of his goals? Um, the th- it's, it's interesting. Like, I think I, I agree with what you said. I've, I've seen him score goals in a variety of ways, like full stride on a rush. He can fire wrist shots that way. One timers in between the faceoff circle or in the faceoff circle. I've seen him score that way, you know, in tight, close to the net, bashing him in. I've seen him do that as well. Um, half his goals this year are power play goals and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, and that's not completely unheard of. And again, I don't, I don't think anybody cares if he has six goals this year, he has six goals. So that's great. Right. Um, but I always, I mean, when I do my work, I always look at five on five and I want guys who can score at five on five. That's when most of the game is played. Yep. 
but it isn't like but it isn't that's not to say that when lucas raymond is scoring it's predominantly on the power play it's you know he's he's playing first line minutes he's playing a lot of minutes he's gonna you know he's gonna score points just by virtue of that but um i I think that combining the sort of skill level i've seen out of raymond and and trying to cross up defenders and goaltenders with in a in a shoot mode i think is something that i haven't really seen a whole lot of him uh it's more just like i'm gonna put the i'm gonna shoot the i'm just gonna shoot the crap out of the puck right now like that's more where i see him right now but again i i haven't seen him a little in a little while um so i don't know if that's sort of changed as the year's gone on but i think I think where he sort of unlocks a lot of potential, he does already have a diversity of ways of scoring goals, but I think potential comes from combining it with a, with a skill level that he's got. Um, but again, I, I don't know. I mean, how much more can you really ask for at the end of the day too, right? Like he's got, he's a point per game player as it is, and he's doing it not just like, it's not like he has 12 goals and two assists and he's just getting lucky with his shooting percentage. You know, he's scoring and assisting on points. And I fully believe that he has the ability to do both of those things. Um, so even if he doesn't become a highly skilled, you know, deceptive maniac with his shot, it's still good enough. And the playmaking is still there that he's going to be a real problem, I think, for for other NHL teams if this production kind of holds up. Again, we're joined by Will Scouch, founder of Scouching and head of video analysis for McKean's Hockey. We're going to wrap this thing up on the other side of this break. It's time to talk about betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and the lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball playoffs, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here's Larkin. Scores! Dylan Larkin from Lucas Raymond. And the Red Wings come from 2-0 down to beat the Washington Capitals 3-2. All right, Will, the last thing that I really wanted to ask, uh, you use a lot of statistics that even I have never, like I looked at these, I'm like, what do these acronyms even mean? And uh, I was just hoping that maybe for my sake or the sake of the listener, I totally know what they mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, totally. Uh, What what do these mean when I'm looking at possession passing and I see DSAT percentage 28.57? Like that's you talked about it. You said it was good. I don't know what that means, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely need to do a better job of uh, l- l- um, educating the the, the audience. Please it educate is, me. Like, I, 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 I built I built all this stuff from the ground up. Really, like it's all originally it was meant for just me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just sort of presenting what I find. And now it's sort of becoming this sort of like people are starting to wonder and they're looking at this stuff. And I have people who want to track their own data and steal my metrics and stuff and they just want to know what they are um but really like the the whole fundamental building blocks are like what is happening on the ice you know what is the player actually involved in and what's happening so first thought that crossed my mind when i started doing this was i'm going to forget about the word coursey i hate that we call it coursey what other sport is there a a statistical metric named after a person instead of the thing that it is (laughs) 
I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. So I just called it, I just called it what it is. And like everyone made fun of the NHL when they put up their advanced analytics page and, and called it shot attempts, but that's what they are. Right. So I just figured mm-hmm. I'll just call them shot attempts. So anything with a D usually is dangerous. So oh. any high or medium danger. So shot attempt percentage with a D in front of it is any shot attempts at either end of the ice without the low danger ones, just anything from the blue line or the boards or whatever, remove all those. What are you left with? Uh, so DSAT and DSATA are for and against. Uh, so shot attempts and shot attempts against, um, offensive threat. We'll get there. Uh, pass <laughs> attempts. So dangerous passes, uh, is D pass. And that would be like, if a player is in the corner and sends the puck out in front, or if they're on the, at the blue line and they go across the ice and anything, any pass that is directed towards dangerous areas of the ice or through them, that's what I consider a dangerous pass. Um, I've started completing completion percentages on all passes and those passes separately. Uh, shot assists are in there. So SHA uh, shot attempt creation. So that's the combination of shot assists and how often the player is shooting the puck and I weigh it based on if those shots are coming from in front of the net or from the blue line. Um, so it just sort of moves around. So the higher the number, the more the player is involved in actually putting pucks on net. Um, in terms of the dangerous shooting category, uh, again, individual high danger shot attempts percentage is the percentage of all of their shot attempts that are from high danger areas like that home plate in front of the net. Um, and then individual dangerous shot attempt percentage is the same thing, but adding medium danger, which is anything in the middle of the ice between the face-off circles out to the top of the face-off circles. Um, and then the, you know, those are scaled for per 60. Uh, what else do we have on here? I mean, there's a lot now, Yeah, there's uh, a lot to go over, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get through it as much as I can. Um, and then below that, I mean, any ISAT percentage. So that's the percentage of the team's shot attempts that the player is taking. So I'm looking at, uh, Cole Sillinger, I did a couple of games of his in the NHL and he took 40% of Columbus's shot attempts wow. when he was on the ice. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. Um, he's, he's, you want to talk to him. You want to talk about another guy who's off to a great start. That's a, that's a whole other story. Um, and D I S A T is that just that, but dangerous shot attempts only. Um, so in transitions, things get, this is where I don't see very many people doing transition data. That's like public, uh, that often. So, what you're looking at basically uh, ZT is just zone transition. So OCZT is offensive controlled zone transition percentage. So what percentage of offensive transitions are they maintaining control? Oh. So if they dump, so if they dump the puck a ton of times, that number is going to be really low. Or if they pass the puck and don't hit their target a bunch of times, or they pass the puck and nobody's there and it just floats into the neutral zone and turned around, that number is going to be so lower. So Raymond having an offensive zone transition percentage of 72.73% is pretty damn good. That's banging. That's 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 bang. You want That's a good thing. Um, so that D is defensive, but it's inversed. So the lower the defensive number, the better. So that's the number of the number that you're allowing control. And he's at twenty five percent, which is also very good. Yeah. You want that. And again, and it's interesting. Like you asked earlier about the indicators that a player might have something in the future that might work out for them. Any player that I find that has great transition data and terrible shot data leads me to believe that there's better things for that player specifically. You know, like a player that that existed for for me in recent years was J.J. Paterka. His transition data from the German Pro League was awesome, but the shot attempts were terrible. <laughs> it, it, like across the board, just t- he was getting caved in every night. 
And when you would watch, it's well, the defenseman he played with couldn't get him the puck. And when they did, it was great. But they were just not very talented. And so you could see that if you take that player out of that situation and transplant them into a better one, then you're probably going to have a, you know, an increase in value. So that also might be a clue as to where Lucas Raymond's increase in production came from. Because when push came to shove, moving pucks up the ice, he was doing a good job. And coming back the other way, he was doing a good job. Uh, it's just the rest of the picture just wasn't quite there. Um, but anyway, back to the to the data. Um, so, yeah, so on the right side, you've got controlled offensive zone transitions per 60, any offensive zone transition per 60. So, you know, you just get a good feel for how, how often they're moving pucks up the ice and how often they're done with control. Um, this year, I've started tracking the type of transition. So carries, passes, pass receptions. Um, and so I've removed any pass receptions and made those into a metric. So for a guy like Lucas Raymond, I don't think he had very many uh, where he was just sitting in the neutral zone and waiting for a pass. Cause I don't think those are as valuable as if you are the one initiating that pass out of the defensive zone or into the offensive zone or carrying it. Um, and I mean, I I've done like another thing I've added is just tracking all the transitions going both directions. So I don't care who's involved or whatever, just the number, the raw number and the percentage in which that player is involved. Um, so OZT involvement percentage is just the percentage of those offensive transitions where they, where they're involved. Um, I mean, I could, I could go on for hours. I don't know where you guys have to be in the next hour and a half. Um, <laughs> well, the, the zoom call, cause me and Scotty are poor and we don't have the premium on it. We got right. about five oh, minutes I left. See the, little clock. the little clock right. at the top is ticking. Scotty, you got any uh, questions you want to ask I, before this runs out? I don't think so. No, I mean, I think, I, I think we covered everything that, uh, that we came here for. I think the, the biggest thing was just, uh, being able to sit down and and go even deeper than than the article even yeah. did, and sitting down with you and being able to to get people more excited than they already are, <laughs> basically was well, was, uh, was yeah. And we talked about it between uh, during during the first ad break that just the amount of in depth stuff that Scotty and I just we we don't have the minds for that having someone like you come on like just big thanks to you again, Will, just because. This statistics, like now that you went through and kind of like explained it for, you know, us with smaller brains uh, <laughs> to understand like this, it, it's all clicking now. And like I'm seeing it, I'm like, holy cow, like even the, just that two game sample size, like Raymond was playing really, really well. And I guess my follow up question to that is when can we expect an article on Moritz Cider? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I don't know. He's not on the list for now, but he might be worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, some very interesting internet discussion about him today, but uh, yeah, maybe might need to consider it because yeah, he is an interesting one, um, but not in the cards for the next little bit. Like I, I guess I kind of teased it, but we gotta we gotta cover Cole Sillinger because he it. is the the last player. I not the last player, but one of the not the player I expected to do as well as he's doing the year he was drafted. So might have to hit that one first yeah and uh, i'm just giving you crap man i just wanted to ask no, that's uh, unacceptable unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> but again to anyone listening i highly recommend you guys go to mckean's hockey read the article the film squad rookie watch number one lucas raymond detroit red wings it's co-written by will scouch sam mcgillingan and greg revick uh great read through and through it's got statistics it's got in-depth analysis it's got video highlighting exactly what they're talking about like if you're a lucas raymond fan you want to read this article because it's just super insightful. And everything that Red Wings fans have seen with the eye test is backed up in this article and just the two first two games that he played. So I highly recommend anyone 
who is a Red Wings fan to go out to McKean's Hockey and uh, definitely read this. Uh, Will, again, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. You can follow him at Scouching on Twitter. Uh, what's You said Cole Sillinger's in the works. Anything else? Yeah, uh, we would love to do one on William Eklund, but now that he's sent back to Sweden, might not be uh, the best, but we'll see. Um, there's going to be a couple more. We, at some point, will be starting to do like 2022 draft pieces about trends and players and whatever, but we're still waiting for things to sort of keep ramping up and getting a better sample on guys. Like a lot of guys I've only seen once or twice, so or track data on once or twice. So we'll get there. Um, but for now, we're hoping to focus on NHL rookies and because there's also a really great group of them this year, like even just beyond names like Cider and Raymond and such, like a lot of really good ones and guys who haven't even played yet. Guys like Quinton Byfield haven't even played yet. So uh, we'll see where we're at, um, but that's the focus. And uh, you can also follow me I, on YouTube as well. I have that old YouTube channel, uh, Scouching as well. Um, scouching.ca has everything you could ever want, uh, including a full glossary. So if you want to read up about what uh, what I do, uh, scouting.ca has the glossary. And uh, I fund all my work through Patreon as well. So if you want to help out and get some perks, uh, check out patreon.com slash scouching. And uh, I think that covers all the bases. There you go. He got all his bases covered. Definitely go and support him so we can get more articles on these Detroit Red Wings rookies. That's the best way to do it. Support him. <laughs> anytime yep. you submit, anytime you... Uh, Contribute to his Patreon. Make sure you put in the comments more at Cider. Maybe eventually we'll right. get through to him. Uh, oh, it's been asked already. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It, Red Wings fans are rabid this time of year because of these every, two rookies. Once every other live stream. More oh. at Cider. More at Cider. More at Cider. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Um, thanks again, Will. I really appreciate oh. it. We both really appreciate it. Scotty better Anytime. appreciate it. Well, I appreciate <laughs> he does. It. Oh, oh yeah, I appreciate oh, yeah. it. Don't you worry. So we go uh, way back. Yeah, <laughs> way back. Best, best buds. Um, yeah, I didn't give Will a chance to talk any crap about Sam this time, but <laughs> next time, next, next time. time, next time, next time. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday with a uh, Tuesday game recap of the game against Edmonton. Big matchup for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day, baby. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.